0: Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash Ear for more details.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on. are listening to a podcast from The Word.
3: Welcome, David Hepworth, to this edition of The Stack Waddy Game. Now, this is inspired by uh, my discovery that the Kaiser Chiefs oh. is both the name of a rock band and a football team, which San I didn't know. Did you know the
0: football team, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, you so, did know that? OK, yeah. well, I didn't know that. So the band who formed in Leeds in 2000 presumably took their name from the football club uh, based in Zimbabwe since 1970. Oh, Zimbabwe, so
0: is it not South Africa? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So it
3: struck me that... Um, that it sounded perfectly natural as either, and that there were a lot of football clubs that could be rock bands, particularly indie gangs, and there were a lot of bands that could be football clubs. All
0: right, so okay.
3: I, I'm asking you, soft-centred indie flag wavers or hoofers of the bladder, all right? Let me try. <laughs> <laughs> let me try. <laughs> hoofers of the bladder. Hoofers of the bladder, OK. okay. The Hoof- Arcadia
0: Hoof- Shepherds. Hoofers-, hoofers of the bladder into the onion bag.
3: That's right,
0: um, yeah. Get on. What was the first one? The Arcadia Shepherds. The Arcadia Shepherds, are they a football Rock team band or football or team? an indie group? Oh, good grief, they're an indie group.
3: They are, in fact, a South African football team based in Pretoria. <laughs> OK, the Go-Ahead <laughs> <laughs> Eagles. They're good, aren't they? So that sounds very awesome. good. That's the very Go-Ahead good. Eagles.
0: Football team. They
3: are. They're Dutch and they're from Tevinter and they play in the erster Divisie. OK, <laughs> the New Div- England Roses. New England Roses it's gotta be a football in, team yeah it, a... yeah it sounds like it doesn't it but in fact they are an east coast lo-fi pop and electronic oh, band formed 2002 oh, who god. famously covered george michael and tracy chapman it says here the black <laughs> leopards black leopards black leopards you'd be black a member
1: leopard. of the black
0: leopards oh good black god leopards. oh i'm gonna all right i'm gonna go the other way indie group no, they're, they're a football team. From Limpopo. Playing oh, okay. the Premier Soccer
3: League. Yeah, yeah. The Peach Kings. It's, it's perfectly, but you can imagine, I'm going to see the Peach Kings on Saturday. Yes.
0: King. <laughs> Whose support? The Peach Kings. Uh, yeah. indie, indie Group. Indie Group, they are. American Rock oh. Band. Right.
1: They
3: won the Unsigned Artist of the Year in a competition by Paste magazine. <laughs> OK, the Fiery Furnaces. Come on, a couple more. Fiery Furnaces. Group. Band. group absolutely right formed in 2000 in brooklyn new york brother and sister in the band whose surname is fried that's a splendid name isn't it very
0: good um
3: okay idealistic rock band or lower league football champions the golden arrows
0: football team yep based in durban orlando pirates oh the football team i know that yeah,
3: yeah they are actually from johannesburg yeah the starlight mints
0: they're not from they're from orlando surely the orlando pirates aren't they Orlando, I, Florida. i
3: got it down there from Johannesburg. I don't oh, know. Okay. I so. Yeah, The Starlight Mints. Starlight Mints. Pop group.
0: Indie Bob group. Pop group, which is, because there is no place called
3: Starlight, I don't think. <laughs> no, absolutely. Pitchfork called the, the Dream That Stuff Was Made Of album a short, well-sequenced offering of punchy orchestral pop. Oh, and lastly... Oh, is... What
0: a, that is a damning by faint praise review, if I It really is, right. isn't it? It's yeah. A short, yeah. well-paced offering. Oh, imagine you're taking a record home from the shop. Are you excited? Yes, it's it's a well-paced offering. It's well-paced. Oh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah.
3: It's like it's like liking people because they're punctual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, last one, very easy. The Alabama Shakes. Uh, they're a pop group. They are a pop group. Uh, it's good though, isn't it? Jasmine Minx, Mexican Pets. It works. I think. Go on. <laughs> so, what have you got? What have you got?
0: Well, I, I, I because I've been I've been laid up. I've been uh, I've been indisposed yeah, last like few days. You've been Pee Wally I, as my <laughs> mum used Wally. I've been eating something eggy off a tray and uh, yeah. rising, rising at lunch to take a little light junket. And then light re- junket? Returning to my fainting returning couch. A... Fainting yeah, couch with an Agatha Christie novel. <laughs> um,
3: I haven't been able to... paw pressed to your forehead Absolutely. and a jigsaw. Yes, imagine, Aides,
0: imagine Chatterton, the poet, on his... Yes! On his <laughs> the death of Chatterton. Um, but, I, but I'm back, I'm back, but not back it's in time to, to devise a, a wholly original... Stack Woody game. So sure. I've taken the liberty, and I'm, I hope you will forgive me. Uh, uh, for, uh, our erstwhile colleague, uh, Nige Tassel, friend of the pod, some while ago sent me a couple of these things where we started doing uh, Stack Woody game. He he sent me a thing which can actually run, I think, in Word, which was dubstep act or Doctor Who villain. Uh, he made. Uh, do you remember this? I think yes, I think I vaguely do. do remember. He says, yeah, yeah. and also. He said he said uh, he'd done a thing which was um which was uh, half man half biscuit songs are they real or are they fake which he said he I think he said he waved in front of you years ago or something and you hadn't got it or whatever and anyway he kept the bit of oh, paper Oh well, it's a good so, idea so, because I mean, that's so, impossible because these are the people who did uh,
3: all I want for christmas is a Dukla praga wake it
0: so anything <laughs> yeah, so is possible to make up a pinching Niger's work here. I should just plug this is Niger's new book, which he sent me, and it's a beautiful day. A Fargo companion. So for anybody who's a, who's a, a lover of uh, of Fargo, the movie or all, all the TV series, that's something to look out for. It really um, makes sent you know, one to me too. I love that
3: film. <laughs> Endless mystery. Didn't somebody die going to the location where it was shot? And trying to dig for the buried gold. Oh God, there the, was the, the, some the story. Just, Do you remember? It was a while ago. They, it's they, very they were very like the ra- cold. Yeah, they kind of thought they were so confused by fact and fiction that they were actually digging for what they thought was the, the hidden case and died in the cold. So yes, what an extraordinary. Okay, thing. here you go. Here you
0: go, go. half man, half biscuit songs. Real or fake? Hellvelin is a place on earth. Hellvelin is a place on earth. Christ, that's
3: brilliant. I'm going to say that's real. I ought to know these. It's been a long time since I've listened to them. I'm going to say that's
0: real, actually, because I think I've got a feeling he's a bit of a. No, no, it's not. It's fake. Okay, (laughs) Okay, very good. He, he, who would valium take? Very
3: good. Oh my lord! I I want them all to be real. That's so good. That's what. What is it? Is it real? It is real. It's real.
0: To be a pilgrim. (laughs) (laughs) Something, <laughs> Something's rotten in the back of Iceland. Something's rotten in the back of Iceland.
3: Fantastic. God, you know, I've got absolutely no idea. Again, again, I want it to be real. Let's say it is. It is real. It is real. Very good. Okay. Very, very good. Excavating yeah. Rita. Excavating Rita. <laughs> Superb. That no, I say not... Not real, but it's that's it genius. is real. It is real. It is excavating
0: Rita. That's mom, so funny. Momsbury Marmite Sandwich War. Momsbury Marmite Sandwich War. Is it fake or is it real? God, that's kind of that
3: student life condensed into just one short phrase. Yeah, isn't it? I, I would say absolutely God. Do you remember they played at the um they played at the uh the, the Cornbury Festival? We got them on our stage. And I can remember Nigel turned up with a with a fantastic guitar, in the shape of a bus. I think that's real, Dave. I'm sorry, I think that's real. That no, it's fake. It's, it's fake. That's no, fake. Okay,
0: okay. Next one, the Nightingales played in Berkeley Square. Fantastic. <laughs> that's genius. <laughs> that's from. Is that think... a real half man half? I don't think it you, is, but he's a sort
3: of person who would write a song about the Nightingales <laughs> because they're sort of vaguely in the same bracket,
0: aren't they? No, it's fake. It's, it's fake. fake okay uh, good. Uh, Tommy Walsh's Eco House
3: Tommy <laughs> God no I really don't no
0: that, idea that Jesus. is real that is real uh, 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 my personal isn't he, isn't he, my personal he, favourite here if yeah. I had possession over Pancake Day
3: <laughs> fantastic
0: that's brilliant I if I had possession true. over Just Pancake Man. Day yeah. it
3: is it
0: is real <laughs> That's uh, so good. Number two, well, three, three, three his more. job is
3: done isn't it when he sits there and he writes a title like that really I mean the song itself doesn't really matter does it that the important know. thing is that people like you and I are just talking about what the song's called okay fantastic
0: three more quickly Go um uh, I don't want to play for Chelsea
3: fantastic <laughs> this is so funny <laughs> god I don't know I mean yeah it, let's, let's say, say it's true it's, everybody it's, really hates Chelsea it's yes.
0: fake it's fake oh, okay. um Took Problem Chimp to Ideal Home Show. Is that real or is that fake? Took Problem Chimp to oh. Ideal Home Show. It's fabulous. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for real. It is real. It is real. Yeah, yeah. And finally, Eamon Holmes under the hammer. Eamon Holmes oh, sh- under the
1: hammer.
0: <laughs> 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 well, that's got to be real
3: because they're obsessed with daytime TV, so it's. I would say so. No, it's Go fake. On. It's made up
0: but by Nigel Dazzle. Oh, really? There's really Nigel's book. You. And it's a beautiful day, a Fargo companion. Completely round uh, circles around me. The Word Podcast,
1: prime cuts of popular culture served fresh each week.
0: We're back. We're delighted to have a guest, actually, uh, because this weekend, this very day we're recording this, the March the 21st, uh, 2021, is 50 years to the day since Led Zeppelin played the Nottingham Boat Club, which proved to be their most famous gig ever. And our old mate and friend of the pod was actually there. Trevor Dan, hello, Trevor. Hello, Dave. It's very exciting anniversary for you this weekend, presumably. You're... Oh. Do you get together with other people
1: who are at the gig? <laughs> That's right. We all sit on the floor and, <laughs> uh, and look up Robert Plant's flared trouser leg. Um, I, I, I. mean, I would never have remembered it if you hadn't tweeted about it. But right, it, it is a, it is a memorable occasion.
0: So tell us about you. I mean, you're obviously from Nottingham. I so am. how did you end up there? Go on. What were you in sixth form at the time? What was um, I was in that curious
1: hiatus that you have when you go to Oxford or Cambridge in those days. So I just right. come out of school, and I was working. And Led Zeppelin were doing their tour of thank yous to small venues. Uh, And um, it was free, but you had to join the Nottingham Boat Club. These boat clubs, by the way, are like the boathouses that you see uh, every year on the telly for the boat race along the Thames. And they sit along the Trent, right next to Nottingham Forest Football Club. And there are three of them, the Union, the Boat and the Brit. And the other two used to do... Discos or dances, but the boat was the one that had this sort of John Peel kind of Radio Geronimo vibe. And so, so how big was it then? I mean, what was the capacity? It held, I would estimate, about 200, perhaps a little more. 200, 200, really tiny. tiny. I mean, this was the upstairs room above where they kept. The actual the skulls yeah. and the boats, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you would walk And they up did it to raise money, didn't they? Because they, they wanted some more money to buy some more boats, I think, and then discovered that the amount of damage inflicted <laughs> on the property by
1: the people who <laughs> came, in, in fact, eradicated all their <laughs> profits. It's been sad, really. And then the other thing was that, you, because everybody was sitting down, if you wanted to go for a beer, you'd got to walk through the crowd and then come back spilling the beer oh lovely yeah <laughs> so everybody got covered in the stuff and that was that wasn't very good for the, uh, the story always was that the beer used to leak through into the boats below <laughs> oh <So laughs> whether that's true I don't know
0: so it must have been must've been a very small gig even by the standards of that tour which was mainly student unions and uh, medium sized gigs wasn't it yes i think um
1: it was Small and clearly, they had loved it. They played there before, I think, in 1969. I I didn't go to that, but I think the story always was that one or all of them wanted to play the Boat Club again because it was such a great place. And let's remember that in 1971, a band like Led Zeppelin was very, very loud, and they liked playing the Boat Club by the river because there was no, there were no houses around, so there was nobody to complain.
0: So what kind of show was it? Was there a support act or anything
1: like that? No, no. Uh, No, there was no support act. Um, I remember two things about it. One is that Led Zeppelin 3 had come out and was familiar to everybody. So I think we all thought, well, they're bound to start with Immigrant Song. And they actually came out and played Communication Breakdown.
0: All right. And we thought,
1: oh, hello, this is odd. Um, So (laughs) uh, that... uh, So I remember them not playing as much from Led Zeppelin III as I had wanted them to. Right. But then the other thing I remember, which, um, I mean, this just sounds like you're making it up, but it is true that Robert Plant said from the middle of the stage, we're going to play a song we've never played before now. We've just recorded this. Hope you like it. And they started this rather dirgy, folky thing, which suddenly kicked off in the middle and that was Stairway to Heaven, yeah, which
0: yeah, yeah. of
1: course which didn't me. come out for another
0: six months. did it? Absolutely you? not. No, yeah. well, so they, was, uh, they, didn't they play first of all in Belfast on there, but on the same tour, I think. I don't know, but they may may have played uh, it earlier. Uh,
1: and they, um, but that was that was a remarkable thing because that's what's what made you think, ah, this group is changing now. This is yeah. uh, this group is going a, a wincy bit, you know, folky and um and not quite so much you know based around john
0: bonham yeah i tell you what i was, I was thinking about this last night and uh, and the, the business about seated audiences which were clearly i mean it's so interesting that so many of the have the most legendary live albums who live elites being it a case rolling stones get yaya's out um from that era were recorded in front of audiences who, who were not just sitting. But sitting on the floor, because if you're sitting on bare boards all the time with
3: no heating and no bar.
0: More to the point, point, Mark, you know, you can't really truly excited audience who are sitting on the floor because they're not going to rise to their feet if they're sitting on the floor. If you're sitting on a seat, you can animate them to get up. That's not hard. But if they're down there, they're not going to do that, are they, at all? Now, what was the reason, for the benefit of younger listeners, (laughs) what was the reason why audiences sat on the floor in those days?
1: Well, I think it was... Partly that we all thought we were still at primary school. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we were
2: doing morning assembly. It a parquet,
1: parquet floor, we sat yeah. on it. Yeah, that's it. Um, Take all your names before they begin.
3: Dan <laughs> T, T. That's right,
2: yes.
1: Hepworth. D. I think it was to do with, um, it, it was a kind of hippie statement about we do dancing. Yeah. You that's know that's true. that's so uncool, cavorting yeah. around. We don't yeah. do that. We've yeah. we've grown out of that, you know. So we're gonna we're gonna sit down and okay, we've come to this venue where there's no seats. Hell, we can manage it on the floor, yeah. and so we did that. And I, I I really remember. I think it was the year after this, Captain Beefheart played Nottingham University, and they started on with "I'm gonna booglerize you, baby," and we're all sitting down there, you know. It, paying obeisance to the mighty captain and he walks on and he goes get up <laughs> so we all stood up it was the first time i'd stood up ever stood up at a gig yeah, yeah. and my girlfriend at the time therefore couldn't see so we we didn't think that was progress
0: it's very it's funny what you, you say that thing about dancing because i was reading something recently some reminiscences of a musician in the late 60s and said you used, to go, you used to go and do gigs before the gig circuit was really properly established. And there would be two sorts of audience in there. There would be largely girls who would want to dance. They'd want to act as if it was like Top of the Pops. And then there were a bunch of people who were largely boys who wanted to sit down and appreciate the solos. So, so I suppose... You know, that's, that's precisely what's going. it. It was <laughs> the people sitting down, appreciating
3: sellers, that, that allowed rock groups to, to 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 expand in that fashion, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And to kind of you know, and to produce twenty five minute epics because everyone was sitting there concentrating; they had their attention.
1: I think it, it also meant that that bands could play at a place like the Boat Club and be thoroughly boring for an hour and a half, and and they were they could rest assured that captive no audience. <laughs> Yeah, no one was going to leave because they couldn't get up. That's yeah, and, and get That's out. True. That'd
3: be so, you wouldn't yeah. drift out once you're sitting down cross legged. It's a bit of a That's
1: statement, a... isn't it? Excuse me, stepping yeah. across everybody. I've got to go. This is such shit. so yeah. uh, 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 upon such tropes. The careers of Barkey James Harvest and others were based.
0: So, how long did they play? Can you
1: remember? I can't, but it. I, th- I think it was quite long. I, I, I it had, would I, be, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, those kind of gigs tended to be about an hour. So if you if you went to see, you know, Bloodwind Pig, yeah, you you got about an hour, I think. Right. But my recollection of Led Zeppelin was that it went on and on. Uh, but, and, but in a good, is way. a good way. But, they, yeah. but this
0: is what they all, they they said at the time that um, they didn't want to support acts because unless they played for two and a half hours, you weren't getting Led Zeppelin. By which they meant you won't get in the bass solo, you won't get oh. the drum solo, you won't yeah. get in the, you know, the kind of mad pyrotechnics with the guitar, which all had to be built in, and then you had to do your big songs. So it was two and a half hours or whatever it was, which was a oh, hell of a long time in those days. And the drum solo
1: was particularly gruelling <laughs> because obviously it combined with the largest cue at the bar so, <laughs> so you couldn't even refresh yourself.
3: Oh. And a lot of it, if I remember right, it was done with these actual fists. Do you yeah. remember that? I do. You used yeah. to actually get rid of the sticks and just be thumping the tubs, you know. Yeah. Incredible.
1: And there was a sense of, could could you please stop and play us some music now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the best bit. They just the best bit of any did... drum solo is the end of the drum solo when the music comes back That's in. That's it, now. yeah. That's just relief, the best bit. Relief. Oh, and we're so why thrilled. Did they
3: do it again because they toured America playing those huge coliseums, and not they? And the civic centers and mm. big what what we well they weren't stadiums, but they were big arenas at the time. Was it a, a kind of thanks very much to that UK, was it. We haven't forgotten you Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was the thank you tour. And and, and that's that's why people uh, in Nottingham, we're all, you know, terribly proud of this. This was, yeah, no, sure. this was a great moment. But, oh, yeah, the yeah, the yeah. mighty Led Zeppelin are coming to play our town.
0: Yeah. 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 Now, so while we got you here and while we're in the year 71, there's another uh, person, artist, we want to talk about who's, whose reputation now is is so huge, it's difficult for anybody to imagine their years in obscurity because both you and Magic Alex up there have got some connection with Nick Drake, whose album Brighter Later came out pretty much this week, 50 years ago. Also, Trevor, you wrote a book about Nick Drake. But it's Very still av- Still available, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Still selling. Still selling. <laughs> uh, nobody else has written a book about Nick Drake, am I right?
1: Uh, Patrick Humphreys wrote a book okay. about him before okay. mine. Okay. Mine's fifteen years old
0: and there hasn't Is it been- really? Wow. Well, that's the beauty of that story. It doesn't change very <laughs> it doesn't, much, does? And although, he, although, also although is, is who is knows? It? The other connection with uh with Nick Drake is that is that Alex it, it, you went to you went to school, is that right? In <clears throat> Tanworth and
2: Arden, which is where I did. Um and the the school was affixed to Mary Magdalene Church, which is where he's buried. I was blissfully unaware at the time, of course. There's a very high probability. I'd say probably 70 to 87% that I kicked a football at his headstone <laughs> inadvertently <laughs> at some point. Um so what year were you born, Alex? 83. It pains me to say that these days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would doesn't it? Does uh, so 83. Where was Nick Drake's reputation in nineteen eighty three, Trevor? Because he, nowadays he's, he's the cult figure to end all cult figures, but that doesn't happen overnight, does it? No, he was in the early to mid '80s. He
1: was just beginning to be discovered in America because of some the the use of his music in some adverts, right? And that's what kicked off interest in him again.
0: Because wasn't well, Lucinda Williams didn't Lucinda Williams do a did Which Will or something like that on a. I think so and uh,
3: there were th- an american th- actor did a documentary about it too didn't he oh that was years yeah. later
0: wasn't it yeah it was that
2: late, was years
1: yeah. later brad pitt voiced that um i think i think what was going on was that nick drake was one of those names like jeff buckley that just got dropped in every interview you ever read with anyone you know he even your um, well, you know, because you were doing Q, you know, yeah, you yeah. could you could almost you could interview folk people and rock people and jazz people. And there was always a on. I've always loved Nick Drake. Yeah. Uh, and it was he just became the name to drop. And I think that pretty much happened in the middle 80s.
0: Right. Right. But no, none of your uh, music mad mates, you know, growing up and going to school in Tanworth and Arden and going to the Cubs and so forth. Uh, would would know would have known who he was, Alex? Is that no, uh,
2: none of uh, certainly to my knowledge, none of my 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 lot had any idea that he even existed. Um, yeah. We went to Cubs on Bates Lane, where his family still to this day, as far as I'm aware, um, have property. Uh, the oh, the really? Drake family still lives up there. Farley's, uh, Farley's, yeah. Um, God, that brings back memories. Um, but yeah, we, had, we we had absolutely no idea, and in fact. I first became aware of Nick Drake when I read about him in some issue of Key magazine and yeah. uh and it wasn't until I'd seen him mentioned a couple of times that the Tanwithan Arden connection was made clear and I went oh um and then I, f- I found out there's there's a there's a pilgrimage every year so there's a gathering people go to the church people sit on the ground. Well green. I think
3: his grave Stone's been removed. Actually, I've got a feeling because people went there, pilgrims, and then chipped a piece off it, oh, and took yeah. it with them. I know. Wow. I think so. Yeah. It's very untimely. People, appalling. people yeah. are appalling about things. I know. Right? I
0: know. It's very grim. Yeah. Well, Dan, they say it with the tombstone in is it Atlanta, Georgia, or Macon or whatever, where Elizabeth Reed, you know, the Allman Brothers tune? Oh, in Allman Brothers, yeah. And isn't there an actual gravestone which I- initially inspired it? Which people used to just hang around smoking dope and and, uh, and drinking cheap wine and writing their names on. It's absolutely appalling, It's me, terrible. Oh, no, absolutely terrible. Yeah, see?
1: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombuscom slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase.
0: So, 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 have we decided? Is it still there? The gravestone? We don't know. We Alex, you are going to yeah. you're gonna have to. Yeah, go. And, I've have
2: never go seen it. Find it. Okay. Yeah, I will. I've never, I've never actually been hunting for it, which is well, kind you, of sacrilege, really. If you are looking for it, it, it
1: says, "Now we rise and we are everywhere." Ooh, that's on it. Oh, oh,
2: nice. Very
1: Which is a line from one of So, Trev,
3: why do you think he's, why is he? Why is his legend
1: so enduring,
3: do you think? I was listening to some last night, and it's funny that I noticed that all the songs, I listened to quite a few of his old records, and there are only three, really, and all the songs mm. are about, the lyrics are about sun and time and birdsong and, spring and leaves and fruit trees and stars and there's nothing at all specific that you can locate in even any century really there's something completely timeless about it yeah there's no stories there's no anecdotes there's no drama there's no characters they're very very vague i think that's part of the appeal don't you they don't seem to date in any way you don't kind of uh, you know you don't get tired of them you can apply them to anything
1: yeah, I, I think that's completely right, and I think he would have liked that because he he wanted to be Yeats, really, and uh, and and Shelley, yeah. and he he wanted to be a great poet alongside yeah. being, you know, a great guitar player, and he no, I think he would have he would have liked that a lot. I think you know I I, I was looking at the other. This is the my favorite of his records is this one, which is the first one. Where, yeah, uh, my green screens. I can't deal with that because it's great.
2: <laughs> right. um, oh, that's but, uh,
1: great. Um, but Five Leaves Left is one of those records like Astral Weeks that picks you up and takes you somewhere. It's not a yeah. collection of songs. It's absolutely. It's like a movie. And yeah. uh, you feel as though he's created an atmosphere for you to live in for 40 minutes. Brighter Later doesn't quite achieve that for me, but I think that's one of the reasons that people love him, that he creates that world that you can go and, and submerge yourself in. Completely.
3: Tell you never was... saw him, did you? I mean, you wouldn't. We were all kind of too
1: young. No, well. I, mean, I you never saw 70? him. My
0: my connection. I hardly ever played.
1: Yeah, he hardly ever played. My connection with him was simply that I bought the record one time and just loved it, and 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 then I discovered that he had been to the same college as me in Cambridge. Uh, did you three have the same in room here? or am I imagining that? No, I did. I, I managed to get his old room while I was there. That's right. Yeah. Incredible. And I, I sat there for hours with an like, acoustic guitar
0: waiting for the muse to be <laughs> ever happened. <laughs> <That's laughs> I'll tell you the thing that struck me. Uh, this is this is uh Bryce Alata, Uh and is is the picture on the back here. I don't know if it's taken by Keith Morris. It, it probably is. Yeah, it took pretty much all these photographs, didn't he? And uh, it's a classic example of, of a photograph, the a photographic cliche of the time for a singer-songwriter, which was here he is. I don't know if he's standing on the West Way or something. Yeah, it
1: is. It's exactly the West Way. on one. the yeah. West Way, yeah. which
0: has probably only just been built at the time, I think. And he's he's watching cars going past. And there's another famous picture of Nick Drake where he's was on the back of, is it on the back of, of Five Leave Left, where he's standing against a wall. There you go. And yeah. while the a man by. rushes yeah. by, and and if you look photographs of the time, you find this this uh, cliche repeated again and again. It's the idea that I am the I'm the man who stands still and reflects while the world races by on its tawdry daily. <laughs> <laughs> tawdry daily business. <laughs> yes, I'm above. A, I'm above the Completely, Absolutely, absolutely <laughs>
1: planet Earth. You you held up the back sleeve. Uh, did you spot the spelling mistake? Oh, good God! There's a there's a cool. there's a typo. Here it says in the middle of the central column. It says all bass and string arrangements by Robert Kirby which should be all brass
0: oh of and course string oh, arrangements
1: of course and this yeah. this was an issue that that dogged Nick Drake because his first album which I won't hold up again because because oh, it's too green except I'll, right. in the middle here of the original five leaves left right. they've printed the words to the song called three hours but they've called it sundown. And then, and there's other mistakes on the back here where they've got the tracks in the wrong order. You know, the uh, island were not um, as assiduous as they might have been. Yeah, well, I
0: think that applied to all record companies in, the, in those days. And also, they were turning these things around so quickly, weren't they? You know, the, well, they so were. Yeah.
1: One thing that you, you, you said, which I ought to mention, is it is said that it came out in March 1971, brighter later, but actually it was released in November 1970.
0: Well, did it it actually get out? Yes,
1: it, it got out, it was released, it was advertised not very well, but then it was withdrawn very quickly from Ireland's uh, promotional campaign, because they realised it would get lost in the Christmas rush, right. and then they revisited it after Christmas and decided, no, we'll put it out again, and we can probably promote it in America, by which time Joe Boyd had gone off to America yeah. anyway.
2: Yeah,
1: uh, And they, you know, he'd made a record, Joe, that he thought would break Nick Drake in America, and uh, that, so that was the story of it. So it got, got kind of half-released and then released again. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah. What do you
3: think he'd be doing now? It's one of those things that you can never quite figure out. You know, this whole events like Green Man Festival which seems to be built almost around the aesthetic that he created. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And you kind of think would he be, I don't know, would, would he be one of those characters who made some money out of advertising and film soundtrack and be living in the south of France somewhere in kind of semi-retirement or would he be making records with Badly Drawn Boy and Laura Marling. You've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> I mean,
1: where would I he think be? um Well, if he'd stayed well, you know, if he'd got over his mental health issues, I think by now he'd probably be a Brexiteer Tory um, in in the House of Lords because he'd be very rich. His father sold his business later for gazillions, and he he would have inherited all that. He, He was known, although the kind of legend has grown that he was, you know, misunderstood, slightly kind of schizophrenic depressive kind of bloke but was very cool but actually a lot of people didn't like him they they thought that he was lazy and a bit snooty and a bit sort of you well know, the the, yeah the world owes me a living there was a bit of that about him uh, and so well, that's
3: a kind of middle, slightly middle-class kind of Kevin Ayer's thing, isn't it? The, you know, I have made these great yeah, records and I expect the world to <laughs> yes. beat a path to my door.
1: <laughs> Very to tell me so. how
3: fabulous they And he wouldn't go out and tour. Did he all those tours supporting yeah. people? Like, I can't remember Atomic Rooster or really, something. They were obviously disastrous, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, uh, and it really it, didn't uh, work, and you it, know.
1: Uh, and, and, you know, you'd got, uh, towards the end of his life, he'd got his parents saying, for God's sake, Nikki, put your bloody guitar down and get a job. He had yeah. got his sister saying, "I'm not having anything to do with you while he's taking all those drugs." You have got yeah. his managers buggered off to America. He hasn't really got any friends. He's having a a very painful time of it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you can you can see why you know it ended the way it did. I tell you, it was, it was yeah.
0: really funny. I was thinking about him when. Uh... I don't know if you've heard that that folk on foot thing that Matthew Bannister yeah. did with Richard Thompson. Yeah. Where he's, and Richard Thompson and Nick Drake, probably born of the same year, you know, came up the same way, mm. sensational guitar players when they were 17, 18 years old. And, and Richard Thompson is, is, doesn't seem like the world's most confident man when you meet him. Kind of stammers and shows mm. away, but he does stuff. And he did that thing with Matthew. And he's standing out there on Walder Street singing a song in his, you know, in his 70s to illustrate a point. And it really struck me just how bulletproof people have to be to get on. You know, the Richard Thompson's always had the confidence to go in the room, stand up and sing a song. Nick Drake never had that confidence, no. did he? No, he never did. He never and did. Also, and, it's all about projection, isn't it? It's about
3: seeing as, and, and and thinking my job now is to captivate everybody yeah. in the room, is yeah. to, to nail their attention and have them look at me. And not that I ever saw him, obviously, but I mean, you can't imagine well, he, that Nick Drake was the he, kind of personality he could have done that or believed he should have. He,
1: here's one of the things about Nick Drake that, that um, explains his problem, I think, with live performance. Every single song has a different tuning on the guitar. Now, the way yep. you get around that in modern days is you have 15 guitars yeah. behind you, all tuned by some roadie, and you've also got all these electrical digital things to help you. In those days, you had to sit there and go <laughs> and, and yeah, actually yeah. tune your guitar up. And because he had no banter, it, you know, he wasn't yeah. Billy Connolly, he couldn't do all that stuff. So he was he was very boring and he took a lot a lot of time in between his songs to get the tuning
0: right. And um, it's, it's, it's death, it's isn't it? That terrible. It's, it's really interesting. Well, I've seen, I've it, seen like Richard Thompson review- do shows, <laughs> acoustic shows, where he retunes mm. all the time. Mm. And he just mm. has a bit of banter, and he has the confidence to cover that period yeah. so that your attention doesn't drop away. Whereas if somebody just sits there and just does that, mm. they've lost you, yeah. haven't they? But, but also, Nick
3: I read, read a review of him recently where he said that he went on stage supporting somebody or other, and actually the first thing he did for two and a half minutes was tune his guitar. So he hadn't even tuned the guitar no. right for that first song, no. which is absolutely
1: unbelievable. It's really, really, it's
0: arrogance, isn't mm. it, really? It's yeah. so
1: appalling. And he was, uh, I mean, the tunings are are bizarre. You know, it's it's yeah. worth having a, uh, a wander around YouTube and looking at the tutorials about how to play like Nick Drake. Very few of them get anywhere near it because the tunings are really odd, and um, he wouldn't use a capo, and that's why on Brighter Later, the first song after the first instrumental, uh, which is called Hazy Jane 2, is in the wrong key. You know, he can't quite sing it. It should have been, if you were the producer, you'd say, can you drop that a tone, please, Nick? Yeah. Uh, But he couldn't do that. He could these play these chord shapes anywhere else on the guitar. So it, that was the key. It was in because that's what what fitted his finger patterns.
0: Talking of this business with strings, uh, I was sending sending Mark and Alex a, a clip this week of a, of a violinist. Um, what what was she? I can't remember what she was playing with the full orchestra on stage somewhere in Europe, where whenever strings went, just near the absolute climax of this thing and she just turned and i don't know if this is standard operating procedure in orchestras she just swapped violins with the first violinist <laughs> and went straight <laughs> into it Absolutely just literally grabbed it off him really hang on nobody must be a thing that <laughs> happens yeah, mustn't yeah, it that's brilliant because because you know, cause, cause she didn't look around as if she didn't know what to do she did know what to do this is what you do if this yeah. nightmare happens once in your in your performing <laughs> career, because it probably will, I thought it was extraordinary. Yeah. And you you had that clip of Stevie Ray Vaughan, didn't you, Mark? Of uh... well, that's wonderful. I didn't ever see that, Trevor.
3: It's brilliant. It's on YouTube. And it's Stevie Ray Vaughan playing, and he's always got a thing where if he breaks a string. Obviously, he's got a, of a roadie behind him with a with, with new guitar. He just looks at this guy and while singing the chorus, takes off his guitar, straps the new one on, it's plugged in, and within, what, five seconds, he's already playing again. He's like, this is brilliant, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love things like that. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's just, it's so pro, you know? I love it. I, I, I do, I love it. The, Which the is great about thing as about this, from Nick Drake as you can possibly get, actually.
2: The great thing about the Stevie Ray clip was he just soloed around it. Yeah, absolutely astonishing. I'm going to continue my solo. Like, I'm just not going to use that area of the guitar. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> fantastic. Oh, very fantastic. Good.
2: Trevor, it's been lovely to see you. And
3: uh, you,
1: thank you for having me, and Mark and, and, and David. A real joy. Lovely. Uh,
0: you and your green screen and all. And we shall, <laughs> we shall look back forward to catching up with you, uh, with the green screen of a, of a pub in the background. Possibly. I a... think when we
1: finish living La Vida Lockdown, we shall. <laughs> Meet again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Trevor, all the best. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Bye. Bye. This is a
1: junction in the Word podcast. It separates that bit from this next bit.
0: Yeah. There is disaster at every stage in this. No, book. Really, I've got, I'm, just, I'm just going out uh, by page 261, which is always my favorite thing, when the kind of out-of-it rock star's wife uh is about to produce another another child. It's how the out-of-it rock star deals with it, you know. Um, they got a phone call from Pam. The baby's coming. We jump in the car, get over to Beehive, which is where Steve Marriott was living at the time. Get them a car, uh, car, and on the way to the hospital, Steve says, Hang on a minute, I've got to get some tobacco. Steve gets out. Pam's in the car. Steve's taking his time. What's he doing? I think he's having a conversation with the bloke in the shop. He comes out. Oh, I'm just talking to the bloke a minute. Won't be long. Steve, Pam's having a baby. She'll be <laughs> all right. I was just telling him something. That's. That's the kind of stuff that you find pretty much every page of this. All well, or nothing. The s- description of the
3: beehive, the, the the house. Oh my god! I mentioned they finish up recording there because it's the only way they can get into records. a bit like you know Rolling Stones in the South of France. Let's do it at Keith's house. Yeah, absolutely. Beehive, you know. And it's just terrible. And there's a, the chickens and the ducks are all wandering in, you know,
0: crapping all over the kitchen. It just the whole thing seems so frightful, you know. It's, uh, oh, so it's that- not. All or nothing. The unauthorized. The authorized. Amazingly, this is the authorized story of. I know you can't (laughs) believe
3: the (laughs) the, the, the damning information that's been let through. Don't you think?
0: Absolutely, it's eye-watering. It really is. Uh, By Simon Spence, and it's out now. And here, Simon's joining us for a a Crowdcast um, conversation Wednesday night on Wednesday. So, if you're a Patreon supporter, you can be in the room, as we like to say. When we uh, when we do that, we record it later on, goes out on YouTube. And so, if you want to know about how you might get involved as a Patreon supporter, Patreon.com/slash Word in Your Ear, and you can find out all the various different ways that you can get involved. And uh, don't worry, don't forget, it's the only way that you can get to. See and hear everything that we do and uh, get to see and hear it first, and also get the warm glow of feeling that you've helped contribute to keeping the bright red ball yeah. of human interest in the air while this Keep bloody our wall is inflated. On. <laughs> inflated. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, have we got anything we want to add? We got any new patrons?
2: We do, yes. Um, well, and they are. I've uh, got a whistle. No, you've <laughs> Um, Al Campion. Al Campion, and consider man. yourself
0: board, Al.
2: Kevin Conway. Kevin
0: Conway. Yes, also, him. you, Kevin, make space for Kevin Conway. Chuck Smeaton. Chucks. What Chucks. a splendid name. Oh, Chuck Smeaton. Chuck Smeaton. Oh, right. Very
3: pleased Chuck's to have him at the party. Very good. Rob Cumberland. Rob, Cumberland. hello, Rob. Rob, come on in, have a light ale and enjoy some of these peanuts. Very <laughs> nice to see you.
2: And last but certainly not least, Ashley Nicholas Spicer. All right, move Very on. Good.
0: Move up for Ashley. And there's lots of room for more of you, so uh, patreon.com slash word in your ear. We'll be back with you soon.
1: This podcast was brought to you by The Word. <laughs>